Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110 mil for just $34.99. Baz and Izzy, we might be at the beach, but the show goes on. It's the summer breakfast on SCNZ. Morning to you around Aotearoa, 21st of December, Christmas week here at SCNZ. Welcome into the summer breakfast, Louis Herman Watt, joined by Tony Kemp. Morning. New Zealand League identity as we carry you through to 10am this morning. Bright and early wherever you are, travelling around the country, I hope you, you and yours are happy and healthy. Terrible, terrible, terrible news in the uh, sports news there. Hearing of Jake McKinley's death, the young hooper down there in the Manawatu, that just puts a shiver down your spine. He's barely, barely a, a man, you know, and um, so much to give. So I hope everybody is enjoying this time to take with their family. If you've knocked off work for the year, it's been a big old year, 2021. We can't underestimate it. So, um, yeah, thinking of the McKinley clan, that sucks. It absolutely sucks. Anyway, we've got plenty to get you through today. We can give you a real good go today, actually. There's plenty of sport going on. Just because we stop at this time of year with regular programming doesn't mean the sport stops. We've got so much going on. We're going to cover a wide range of sports this morning. Kempi's here to give us his reckons on absolutely anything. If you don't want them or if you do want them, send us a message on double eight double three or the Kennard's higher phone line 0800 150 The more of you at this time of year, the absolute better because it means the less of us. Liam Hatt. He's the managing editor of Dazone News out of the UK. He was all over the park if, uh, Parker Chisora fight. And he's going to give us exactly what this means for the heavyweight division and all the divisions. Paul Wilcox, he's the big cheese, the CEO at Allersley Auckland Racing Club. They have got 
Well, um, oh, Auckland Racing Club, gee, I've done it. That's the first one for the morning slap on the wrist. Auckland Thoroughbred Racing, they are now known as. They uh, have a massive week coming up, really. Boxing Day, New Year's Day, two very different race meets with alert levels changing. So we'll talk to Paul about all of the parameters he is working in. Abby Grace Summers, we're we stoked to bring Ab- Abby Grace Summers into the show. She is a freelance uh, football journalist, writer, broadcaster out of the UK, the Premier League. Well, COVID has ravaged the Premier League. What does that mean? Blair Struthers, he played 144 holes of golf in one day, raised close to $10,000. We spoke to Scott Aitchison yesterday. Um, he was playing four, four rounds. 144 holes, what's that? Eight rounds. Blair will tell us about how that went. So much more. But right now it's time to introduce and welcome in my main man Tony Kemp, morena. who's joined me again. Morena Kempi. Morena, morena. Good to be back, mate. Had a uh, had a good night's sleep last night. <laughs> Obviously getting up uh, getting up when the cows get up this morning again. Um, nice to have a cup of cup of tea and make my way in here. So do you uh, you didn't run the nap? You didn't you didn't do a little power nap? No, nah, mate. We uh, we did a trip up the coast yesterday. It was a beautiful day. Mm. Um, ended up just travelling up to. Mangawai and, and Langs Beach and having a look around and um, yeah just didn't want to sleep while the sun was out Jeez, we get enough we get enough rain and wind and, and and some cold days here so when the sun's out make the most of it it is hard I mean I, doing this day in day out through the year I, I have to have a nap I, I can't do it I'm just not one of those people that can power young through young mate yeah I know we're, you sleep through wars you do we're, we're born different we're cut from a different cloth see Baz just powers on He's he doesn't need a nap but I have to and it sucks putting yourself down when the sun's out I know what you mean it's grim. yeah no it was well it was beautiful really surprising um, the lack of cars that are on the road at the moment heading around so I was I was up the far north just the weekend gone and I was really surprised at how how um, simple it was to get through the checkpoints um, up in you. Uh, Uruiti, I think it was, was the first one, and then even yesterday, you know, there was was a little bit of traffic. But this time of year, man, we get, when you're heading out of Auckland, especially heading north, you take it takes you days to get up there. And well, we just cruised up and cruised back, had a bit of lunch um, and walk with yesterday, sort of a, a late afternoon lunch. And yeah, there's, I think everyone's just sort of waiting to get through the Christmas period before they head out. Yeah, it's a bit like that. I I don't know what it was like last week when borders opened. I assumed it was mayhem, but you didn't, I didn't see much of it. Um, this time of year is the best time of year to be in Auckland. I, I realise that. So I'm from the opposite of Auckland, North Canterbury, right? Like deep and absolute just... Yeah, that makes sense that, now. That, yeah, it makes perfect <laughs> sense, right? So, you know, kind of Robbie Dean's country. Yeah, like, yeah, like Leithfield, Marky type, on your way to Hanmer Springs out there. And so Auckland's very foreign to me. I remember my first year living here. I um, You don't get summer breaks when you're a... And you're a you know a cadet or an intern, you just you just power through. Here I still am. So <laughs> what does that say? Um, no, but and I remember it was probably about the twenty first or twenty second, driving down Parnell Rise from my flat to get into the town for work. And there was just a sense of calm about the city. And I thought, what's going on here? And I asked someone, said, it's because all the Aucklanders leave. They all go to Pahunui or up to Omaha. That's exactly right. And Auckland is busy at the moment. You know, you go down Ponsonby Road. Uh, most afternoons and every that's everyone's still in Auckland. You know they're not headed out, and you're dead right. I, I like spending um, Christmas in Auckland too because for that reason, you go and have a coffee. You're, the, you're there by yourself. You that's know right. everyone's headed out of town. So yeah, mate, it's it's really unusual times. You know we're talking about it this morning about you know what's a, what's some of the big stuff that happened this year, and you know COVID's thrown a real spanner in the works over the last 
two years, and and I and personally think it's going to be around for a little bit longer. So I, I still think there's a lot of water to go under a bridge, uh, especially in our sporting community around this around this pandemic. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not a, I'm shocked. I'm not a scientist, Tony, but this Omicron situation, like you just. It kind of now this is this is kind of like our third time of it, right? So remember, COVID started it's in the in the uh, Europe and they're kind of shutting places down. You go, kind of like, oh, it's a long way away, and then a couple of months later, the reality hits. Delta, similar situation. Just a couple of these Scandinavian countries not even running the risk and going into lockdowns. And you know, the UK is a bit different. I mean, that fight in the weekend, just thousands of people piled on top of each other, and you know, they're kind of running the theory of X. Let's just forge ahead, but. At the same time, I know that the UK government is looking very closely about options here and wonder how long before, even in Australia, I know the ashes were interrupted, like the media centre got cleared out and half of the media had to head home on the fourth, the fourth day. So mm. it, it's you wonder how long until we get another disruption. So you kind of just want to take your summer and make the most of it, don't you? Yeah, it's like whether, you know, when you drop a little like a little um, washer in a water bottle, you know, and it sort of what makes its way down to the bottom of the of the bottle. And you know, we're sort of like that, you know, we're that that bottom of the bottle. Um, the the disease is headed at, headed on its way down. The, the stuff for me in sport is around the the Irvings and the and the and the basketball mm. and and what these players um, are sort of setting as an example. Because you'd think, you know, when you're when you're an athlete, especially. Um, and especially today through social media, you have such a profile that you could be doing quite a lot of damage by by not doing the right thing. Uh, I was only talking to, talking with you know, my partner's a doctor, and we were talking about it going up. She's sort of right up there on what's going on, and and fills me in with you know lots of stuff that I've never ever heard about. But um, we're talking about this this issue that we've got at the moment. We, we're in a bubble, you know, New Zealand. We're on an island. We're in a bubble. We we sort of get the stuff late, um, and. She she made a really really good point. She said, you know, she started talking about well, why aren't players getting vaccinated? You know what I mean? I'm, and I never really thought about. It. She said, well, what about all the kids that are watching them? What sort of example? You know, mm. what a, she and you know who exact words are? What a missed opportunity, you know. And and that that for me is if you can't look after, you know, your front door. You know, the people at home and set examples, you know, and you start to confuse people. A lot of people out there get confused very easily, as you know, when you're, when you're going through social media. So um, interesting times. I think it's around for a little bit longer. Um, and I think, you know, sporting organisations, they get organised a lot quicker about living with us for another two to three years. Uh, probably the sporting, sporting organisations are going to survive. Wow. That's, it's interesting you say that because, like, we had Rob Nickel, who's the the rugby player's boss, but he's also the head of the Athletes Federation. And him, guys like himself, Carl Budge, these event managers, the guys that are trying to make sure that the sport can go on, have, have been having zero luck with the government about making sure that things like Super Rugby Trans-Tasman can go ahead, where the Warriors could come home and we could safely travel between New Zealand and Australia. And I think the lack of innovation is what's really frustrating them. And also, it's not necessarily just that. It's more about lack, lack of trust. So the All Blacks have just gone on a tour. They've gone all through Europe. They've been in bio bu- bubbles. These guys are pro athletes. They, The Paul Coles of the world, who's about to play in Egypt in about... 47 minutes time he understands exactly what needs to happen but yet when we come back into New Zealand we're quite insular because we're in this bubble and they're very I think we're we're still quite afraid especially at a government level and and 
a lot of these sporting organizations, I mean, we're just going to lose athletes more and more out the door the longer this goes on, and they're going to have to apply their trade in the you know, around the world and they can't do it here. So you talk about the kids and setting examples Well, from a more of a sport. So that's the health and don't want to minimize that, but from a sporting perspective, are we a chance of having a misgeneration here of kids that have, haven't grown up and seen sporting sport go on summer and winter out, summer and winter out in New Zealand? Uh, I, I actually think we're, we're in it. We're in that generation. Um, and I don't think it, it was it, it was starting because of a pandemic. I, I think it was started because of social media, right? Know? And there were there were other things that kids, you know, when I was a kid, I carried a football around with me twenty four seven. The amount of pudicar trees I climbed to get that plastic ball. Remember that? <laughs> we were poor, mate. So yeah. I never had a leather ball. I had a plastic ball. You remember you used to buy them for? Sure. And I probably didn't buy it. I probably found it somewhere lying around, and I used to kick, try and kick the thing over pudicar trees every day, you know. But I grew up just wanting to be an All Black. You know, I just, it's all I could see myself doing was one day I'm going to be a Sid Gowen, you know what I mean? I was, Sid Gowen was my favourite player back then. And um, these days, kids don't look at sport. He's, mate, they wouldn't have a clue. You know, I, read an, I read an article about um, a couple of girls that, you know, play for the, the, the Nepal team, the, the New Zealand Nepal team. They didn't even know their father was an All Black. My, my sons, my, my kids, they know that I played for New Zealand, but, mate, well, I got, you know, when I'm, Finally, found a couple of games on on the internet and started watching them. My kids wouldn't watch them, you know. What I mean? They're, well, like, they were they're like, "Hey, Dad, there's other things to do, man." You know what I mean? So, I and I think you're right. I think you touched on it yesterday that the the issue that we have at the moment with New Zealand is we're insular. We do, we don't make you know the same decisions as in Australia or the same decisions as Boris up in the UK. Thank God. Yeah. Um, but. What it happens to our sports people is, they was you know they they're starting to get itchy feet. They're going to walk, you know. What I mean, in, in rugby league, for instance, we lose five, five to six hundred kids every year to Australia. Wow. Now that number, because we can't play now that we can't play competitions, it's just going to grow. Well, it's almost like everything we were talking about yesterday with Jamie Richards and the IPL and all that conversation. It's almost like this COVID situation is a subsidiary of that. And it's kind of they're going hand in hand now because for there's all these other reasons which usually are almost all exclusively involving cash. They just can't apply their trade and build enough of a future when you've got a very specific skill set like a horse trainer, elite horse trainer, elite elite football player, or elite cricketer. So you you. Uh, capabilities to earn are so much greater overseas. So that's one thing. Park that. The other thing now is you can't actually do your job here because, you know, we can't... If if Trans-Tasman Super Rugby can't get off the ground for the third year in a row, the third year of a pandemic, when we actually don't have that much COVID here, I mean, you know, our vaccination rates are... Where Auckland's the most vaccinated city in the world, right? If we can't get that going, what is that? What kind of message does that send send to these athletes? Who who's a professional sports person's peer? They don't look at themselves as I'm the best New Zealander. They look at themselves where their peers and what their peers are doing around the world. And a lot of them, especially the smaller sports like the snow sports or the Paul Coles or the cycling, they go anyway. They're used to it. But the ones that are used to playing here. As this kind of the opportunities to earn and actually prove and do their job when they're in their twenties and thirties shrink up because it's the third year of a pandemic. What message is that sending? Well, it, it, you know, we go, we go, we're going in a rabbit hole here, but it doesn't really make sense. Hey, like you, you hold MIQ in Auckland, you know. So, and on one hand, you're saying, you know, come home and well, let's isolate you here in the biggest city and bring the disease in. 
to yeah, the biggest city. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah. then you say, but we don't want to let you go out, you 15 blokes, and take it back out into the into the rural areas with you. It sort of doesn't really make sense. Like you, you maybe fly them into a Haki air base and put them in a barracks for a couple of weeks before you send them back out. You know, so so you don't actually bring it into the city and the city can go to sleep at night. Um, but what I'm talking about, like thinking, like forward thinking, like there's not 400 rugby teams up here playing in that competition. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if Auckland is the issue, we'll move those two guys, those two, two, three teams out. Sure. And put them outside of the Auckland um, bubble and give them two weeks of quarantine and then let them play football. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if it's, the Northern team has to come through Auckland, we'll move them south of Auckland. Sure. And then get on with the competition. But that's and so I think that so I think that that what you've said there is that you know I'm I'm sitting here going short short yeah perfect sense. I think this is where the frustration lies. It makes perfect sense to the ones that are putting the plans towards the government, but they're doing everything by the by by the paperwork. And Rob Nickel told us this every time. Three separate applications did it to the absolute comma and apostrophe. And nah, sorry. So what? How frustrating is that for? People oh, it's it, man, it's real frustrating, you know. Like, but sports people, the, the that one comment yesterday about New South New South Wales and Victoria fighting over the racing industry, mm. fighting over prize money to bring state governments fighting each other, bring to bring the punters, the owners, the industry, the and the 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 race that stops a nation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just the the way that they think that sport should be run. And, and, of course, the benefits on the back of it. Because sport just isn't about playing sport. I'll tell you right now, if we never had the NRL last year, there'd be a, a hell of a lot of problems in this country. I hear you. You know, this, the social impact that sport has on, a, on a, someone's mental stability. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank God that we had a leader in the NRL, finally, mm-hmm. that just got on and got it done. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to do this no matter what. And, um, you know, last year was a tough year for This year was a tough year for him. He had to close down. He had to move it up to Brisbane. Overnight, he sorted it out. Like... What, what, what would happen if that was New Zealand? Well, it wouldn't, because it wouldn't have, <laughs> competition would have haven't even been running. The willingness to adapt and innovate, uh, Peter Volandis, is not a it's not it's not a coincidence that racing in New South Wales and the NRL have gone through boom periods. And whatever you think about the game, and it might have its issues, but I, see, I, I think the I think the NRL should run run the the game in this country. You know, and if you read between the lines, they say they want to invest heavily in New Zealand. They want to bring another team here. Well, you ain't going to do it with a current. Um, mob that are running the administration game. Administration here, no. Yeah, right. I do. Okay. Twenty minutes past six. Good chat, Kempi. Anyone want to weigh in on that? Where are we at with uh, innovating in this COVID time? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Um, yeah, enjoy that discussion with your morning coffee. Gee whiz, down a rabbit hole indeed. Twenty minutes past six. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. We'll talk some Ashes cricket after this.